0: Welcome to the Dun and Bradstreet B two B podcast. This is the place where we do our best to host interesting conversation with business experts and provide value for uh, business owners looking to grow their business. My name is Dustin Luther, and I'm the director of engagement here at Dun and Bradstreet. And I'm definitely excited to be talking to Cindy Lewis today. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. <laughs> so today we're going to try something a little new for us, and that's really how do you get value um, for your business out of interns? How do you do it right? Um, uh, you know, How do you recruit them? How do you make sure that they're getting value and your company's getting value? All that great stuff. And really, I was inspired um, because I've been working with Cindy for over a decade now, I believe, to get interns. The first time I, I think I was working with you it was around 2006 when um, I was working with Realtor.com team. And we, we hired a bunch of interns and um, really had some great interns come out of Cal Lutheran here. And so I've kind of kept in contact with you on and off over the years and just had a blast with so many of the great interns we've gotten out of your program. So um, really want to just thank you. And uh, really, let's just kind of dive in. I should also mention that you're the director of career services here at uh, Cal Lutheran University. And uh, if there's, you know, really, what well, really just want to kind of welcome you to the podcast and get started. So maybe you can tell us a little about the uh, career services department here at CLU and what you guys do.
1: Absolutely. So the Career Services Department at Cal Lutheran, we serve students and all alumni, and we serve our alumni free of charge for life. So we have MBA programs and um, public policy, doctoral programs, and then of course we have a traditional undergrad program and an evening degree completion program where people are getting their bachelor's degree in the evening and working during the day. So, we assist all of those students and alumni to find satisfying employment, find internships, find jobs. Um, but another huge customer of ours are employers, and we help employers to uh, recruit candidates for full time and part- time jobs and uh, so overall, that is a little bit about our yeah. office and our services
0: and it's it's really great. I really have enjoyed I know personally working with you guys in the past, and it's, it's a really neat program you have there. So maybe um, we can just start in terms of just hiring an intern. Um, what's the typical process look like if a company who's kind of a small business said, you know, I'd love to get some extra help. What is that process of them to get an intern typically with you guys or just in general?
1: Okay. Well, with our department, we post, there's a form on our website just at callutheran.edu career and it says recruit candidates, and you can actually post a position pretty simply, and that position would come right into me, and we can actually post it and email it out to students or alumni that are interested in that line of work. And when you're writing a job description, if you had any uh, difficulty when developing it or deciding on projects, you can always call us and we can help you to develop the actual description. Uh, Typically, internships, Ideally, they're paid. Obviously, if they're paid, students have a little bit higher of a commitment level and are a little bit more dependable and it's easier. You're going to get better candidates as well. Uh, But for an unpaid internship, for instance, you would have to have project based work where you are providing some training and some learning opportunities to the student while they're working for you. But students can also get credit as well. And they could get credit and get paid, just depending. But not all students want credit because credit costs them money. Um, so it just <laughs> depends on if the student wants or needs credit as well. But so pretty easy process.
0: That's it's Yeah, it really has been easy for us. Um, I guess one of the reasons I was asking about that is because... When I have told people that we use interns in the past, I even told somebody from a local score organization, the something the SBA program that runs, and you know he works with a ton of companies. And I was going, have you ever talked to the CLU people about you know having those companies you're working with? Do they ever need interns? It can be you know advanced stuff around you know helping uh, some uh, master student who wants to really dive into your data and maybe optimize your sales and marketing strategy, or you know, or more basic stuff, just help you get some content written on your site if you're looking for, you know, students, what, you know, depending on your need. And he's like, yeah, it feels like that would just always be so daunting, right? And I told him, it's really not. So that's part of the, one of the points I wanted to make was it, it doesn't have to be particularly daunting to, to get a student in here.
1: Yeah, sometimes if it's your first intern you've had, it's a little bit of a learning curve and you have to be ready to give them projects because sometimes the projects you plan for them, they'll come to you and say, I'm done. And <laughs> you say, oh, I need to keep this intern busy. What else do I have? Um, and then after you've had a few interns, you start to see all the variety of projects you can possibly give them. Um, but as far as, you know, every intern's going to be different and every intern's going to have their strengths. So the way I look at internships, because I have three or four interns every semester myself, is that I will actually um, have some designated tasks for them and projects. But some of them have some strong suits mm-hmm. where, depending on what it is or what their major is... Uh, we can have them work on some other things. And, but then you might have an intern the next semester who has a different skill set. And so you have to you know, find out a little bit about what they want to learn too. So not all interns are the same, but um, <laughs> overall, they, uh, typically they, they work out. And there's a statistic now, the latest statistic in our, in, in our field is 56% of internships lead to jobs. So it's a great long interview to actually see if somebody's a good fit uh, with you and your organization.
0: That's a really good point there because that's one of the things I know for entry level positions in our marketing department, almost inevitably they come from our interns. Um, uh, you know, it's very rare that. We hire somebody for an entry level anymore unless they've been an intern with us for a little bit. And normally the good interns, even if we don't have a, a position available, we we find somewhere to put them um, until, you know, that, that perfect spot opens up. So, you know, we had a really good intern this last fall. Everybody loved the guy, but we just... Didn't have a position open in in the place he was interning, and we found a different spot in our direct response team. Um, and you know he's now full time with us, and it wasn't what he thought he wanted to do. But I'll bet if we asked him, he actually really likes and loves what he does. And so part of our part of what you can really do when you have an intern is just figure out where somebody's strengths are, like you say. Um, so anyway, I I thought it was it's all it's all really good stuff. So, what are some strategies that you think that um a company can take to kind of ensure that they're getting, you know, the the best candidates?
1: I would say phone screening would be a start just to save time on your end because if you bring in many interns and interview them, that could be a day or two lost of of your time. So, I would say that you might get a number of resumes and cover letters. Obviously, you screen those for skills, and then from there, you know, choosing your top three or four, and then doing a phone interview with them because that can save a lot of time. Where then maybe only two really rise Mm -hmm. to the level you need, and then you spend an hour, you know, each with them, and from there, you'll be able to choose somebody. So, that would be one strategy just for saving time and trying to get the right person is maybe to start out with the phone screen. Or even a Skype um, interview um, would work. The other thing, like I mentioned earlier, obviously, to get a strong intern if you pay a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by hour is nice, anywhere from 10 to $15 an hour. So obviously, if you have an MBA, they might require mm-hmm. a little higher pay. Uh, but being able to pay the intern can get you um, a better quality uh, intern as well. And in addition to that, tips would be to prepare for the intern's first day, because how you start that very first day really can set the stage for the entire internship. And I hear a lot of stories where the intern will say, I went on the first day and my supervisor wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes very common to hear that. So. Obviously, there's going to be times you're going to be out and your intern's going to be working independently, but I would say their first shift or two, you really want to make that effort to get to know them, take them out to lunch, <laughs> spend some time with them, and start to build that relationship.
0: That's it's a really good point. Um, maybe one thing I would throw out that we do that that's helped us is... We, we often, at least on my team, there's a lot of business writing. So we'll ask somebody to take something very topical and just write up a short blog post or article for us to get a sense of their writing. So sometimes there can even be little tasks we ask for. The, if it's extremely relevant to the position, it can be really useful to almost for us. It weeds out if people aren't interested in doing that, they're probably not at that interested in the resume too, right? Like there's a certain bit of, you know, a little bit extra. Is, are there other, is that common or are we unique in doing something like that?
1: It's getting more common. Um, Yesterday, for instance, I was talking to a candidate who did a phone screen with an employer. They were very happy with her, and then they gave her a task. They sent Mm -hmm. her a number of documents and wanted her to synthesize them and do kind of a budget projection. Um, I have another employer that once somebody gets through a phone screen and they bring a few people down, they actually put them onto Microsoft Word, and tell them to open up Excel Mm -hmm. or send me an email just to see their style of writing. And so, yes, some of that, I don't know if I'd go as far as tests, obviously there are some organizations that give anywhere from a personalities test to skills tests and Mm -hmm. things like that. But just small tasks that could even be done before um, choosing to interview them Mm -hmm. um, are definitely becoming more common. And then also maybe once they make the cut and they're coming in for the in person interview while they're there. For instance, if they have to hand write certain things and you say, Oh, I'd like you to just handwrite the answer to a few things so you can see and if everything is misspelled, then you yep. might know that's not so it could be a variety of tasks.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's that's kind of an interesting bit there. Um so you know, one of the things that that we've that that I know with us a lesson almost a lesson learned was not to give the interns kind of business critical stuff we had an intern who really early on and we were getting them in you know they were the only ones who could send this weekly email out because i kind of i had them create the program and when they left you know we were kind of stuck right and it was like a lot of scrambling um are there you know with same time you want them to be able to kind of provide value and 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 do, um you know, uh, I guess I, where I want to go is, are there any kind of examples you have of really cool stuff, though, where interns are providing kind of the right kind of value and a lot of value for businesses?
1: Well, just in your example where you're saying they're doing something very critical and they're capable of it, but it's more of the issue when they leave. So I think that like succession planning, they talk a lot about that in full-time jobs, but in internships as well, what we've done to deal with that is we probably have about 10 major critical projects that interns do. And so when we find out an intern is leaving, one thing we'll do is pair them up with the new intern for training. Mm -hmm. And now we have very detailed training manuals, literally step-by-step screenshots of things so that you can pass that work on. Um, but the other thing as far as giving interns projects that are worthwhile, I think with everybody at first, you're a little bit hesitant to give very critical projects to an intern. And it's best to start off with small projects. You see how they do. Mm-hmm. And they, if they did that well, then you give them something a little bit bigger. And they did that well. And again, not every intern is necessarily going to rise to the level of where you're saying, okay, they're really doing, you know, just depends how they've done those initial small projects. Um, but one thing would be to just test them on some smaller things before you give them bigger projects but internships for us anything from you know finance marketing social media uh, public relations production interns I mean there's a number of different tasks you probably could think of um, as far as how an intern can help you but I think it is that pre-planning again where you kind of think those tasks out beforehand and one of the projects could be for the intern to research something and find out all about that and start that. But with that, like you said, because you're going to anticipate they're probably going to leave, <laughs> part of that would be to then write a detailed training manual mm-hmm. and then hopefully maybe train the person that comes in after
0: them. That's, that's really useful. You had me thinking of one other thing, which is I often find with the best candidates, we really have to sell our our internship program um you know there we'll get a lot of applications often i think we probably had 20 or 30 for this summer's you know social media internship that we we offered but the three or four that we thought these are the ones we really want like we have to go back and and convince these people because then they'll they'll follow up with questions to us like the kind of some of the better the, the intern candidates that we really want are almost the ones that are pushing back and wait tell me what I'm going to be working on again or you know can I own what can I own they'll often ask those kinds of things so at the same time of like wanting to give them small things at the same time in order to get the best ones I often have to kind of say look here's what we're doing this summer or this fall here's what I want you to kind of own and run with um, before we even for day one that's during the interview process often for us
1: Yeah, I think it's a communication issue because imagine you said to them, here are these big projects you're going to work on and you get them excited, but you let them know clearly that initially there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. There's going to be other small projects or things we need done and help with on day to day. And so that's one of the big things that interns and their supervisors often have different expectations on needs. On, ex, uh, on you know mm-hmm. what they're expecting to get out of that. So again, that's where you start that internship off in the beginning and kind of go over, here are my expectations. What do you want to get out of the internship? But then just communicating to them that every day is not necessarily going to be this exciting project yep. that sometimes there's some other work to be done. But as far as selling your company and um, if uh, let's say the intern has three different offers mm-hmm. and you're wanting them to come with you, I think it is good to show them Uh, Precisely what they would be doing, some of the big projects that they could use on their resume later. And then again, it's that learning and training component to just, you know, telling them that, you know, sometimes you're an intern, but you're sitting in the back office behind, not talking to anybody. (laughs) But here, you're really going to be mixing with key decision makers Mm -hmm. and then letting them know that often, if all goes well, that your
0: internships tend to lead to jobs. Mm -hmm. They really That's really good, good points there. Um, when you're you know, working with students or seeing companies come in, are there any that you, you tend to avoid?
1: Well, obviously there are some scams out there. So we do have a few layers of protection for when um, somebody puts out a scam, and there's been a few actually that have went through the entire nation, different colleges where people ask students to put money in the bank and mail things. Oh. And sometimes students are a little bit naive or international students might fall for some of these things. Um, so obviously that that we look out for. But as far as, um, you know, the best internships that we would see mm-hmm. versus ones that are not as good, I think it does come down to that pay again, location and the types of projects so if it's unpaid, those obviously are not gonna be as plum as some of the ones that are, are paid. Or if it's a commission only type of internship where you see that a lot with sales, um, that's those aren't our favorite because there's a lot of sales internships yep. that are base, you know, you get some kind of base play yep. plus commission.
0: Well, that's interesting. And you did remind me We talked about the unpaid. I think over the whole time I've run interns in the last five years with Donna Bradstreet, we probably had 40 or 50 interns in the marketing area, maybe even more. And I can only think of one or two that didn't want pay. There was actually a few that said they couldn't because they couldn't get course credit from their university. I don't think it was CLU, but they think it was Pepperdine or one of the other local ones that said they they explicitly couldn't get paid and get the course credit or something funny like that um and so it stuck out with me but i mean without a doubt most of the candidates you know they come in expecting paid these days uh, the the good ones and it seems fair i've almost i'm almost surprised to hear that it's it's there is such a big distinction because for me we've just come to accept that you're always paying you're you're always paying the interns right. um
1: well a lot of i do get some unpaid internships Probably We post over 200 opportunities every single week. So we see a lot of jobs and internships. And so, for instance, yesterday, two unpaid internships came in, but they actually looked very interesting, great organizations, great projects. So I emailed the employers to ask mm-hmm. them, can you offer a gas stipend? Mm-hmm. Um, not just, sometimes you can't pay them hourly, but you could pay them 300 a month as a stipend. Oh,
0: interesting. Or...
1: 1500 for a three-month internship at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but so... Um, oh, I didn't, okay. Interesting. No, I just didn't know. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that that's even, you know, probably more common than I expected. Um, so, you know, if I'm put, kind of putting on my business owner hat or somebody hiring interns, you know, what are the questions do you uh, advise students to ask of, of those employers?
1: Well, we would ask students, obviously, to find out um, about the projects they would be working Mm -hmm. on and the length of time. Because a lot of times with internships, they're expected to work a semester. But if they work out, obviously, why would you want to retrain somebody? So, well, you know, typically they'll be able to work beyond a a semester. Uh, But as far as what a student should ask, they would probably ask about who they're reporting to. Um, oftentimes, interns report to many supervisors, mm-hmm. and that's, again, where that communication, you need to talk to your intern to say, you're going to have three different supervisors that are all going to be giving you projects, so you need to manage your time and ask which ones are a priority. Um, so finding out you know, uh, some of the expectations, some of the projects, the hours, um, and... Other than that, mostly in the job description, they see a lot of what they need to see as far as Mm -hmm. for them to
0: make their decision. It totally makes sense. Well, I was going to ask you about pay stuff, but you already mentioned that. Like if you are paying, it tends to go between 10 to 15, kind of depending on level. And I know we pay graduate students more than undergraduate Mm -hmm. and tend to give them even bigger projects and stuff. Mm -hmm. There tends to be, you know, so there's a... It just depends on what level you're really looking to hire, I would assume, in terms of that. Um, yeah, there's some
1: mentioned. majors can make a little bit more. You know, if it's a computer science major, they obviously are going to make a little bit more. But um, but I would say that would be the average mm-hmm. and minimum wage is going up in California. So th- that'll go a little bit higher. But again, if you can't pay hourly, um, I've had some employers where I'll say, can you pay a gas stipend? And they say, OK, yeah, I can do that. Um, it, can you provide lunches? while the intern is there. And believe it or not, just by saying we provide lunches and, and a $20 a week gas stipend, that alone can make a huge difference to help to get you more candidates versus if it was completely unpaid with, with no perks.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that was very cool. Well, thank you. This is you know, really great. I, I started something recently on these podcasts, which is just a few quick questions I like to ask of everybody. So I want to throw them at you as well. Um, what's your most influential business book?
1: I would say a book called Managing Transitions by William Bridges, and I just really like that book because it talks about change in the workplace and how psychologically people don't change overnight, and there's a neutral point where you're not yet doing the new things, but the old stuff is still there, and it just shows how there are different stages that people go through when you're trying to make big changes. It takes a little while, and um, it's it's very practical.
0: Oh, very cool. How about your uh, most memorable business fail? Do you have, do you have something you've worked on here where you go, oh,
1: I'm still waiting for my most memorable <laughs> business and I know everybody fails, so I'm sure it's coming. Okay. But I've been pretty lucky in my career and I, I really don't have a major fail, that okay. I can say I'm one of those people that's really well suited for my career, like all of my strengths, what I like to do, what I'm passionate about, relate to my career. Okay. So it's that's really awesome. natural for me to do what I do.
0: That's Awesome. But I'm Um, sure it's coming because (laughs) life
1: wouldn't be life without uh, uh, some failures, so I'm, I'm waiting for them. That's
0: very cool. And then, you know, is there one technology tool that you wish someone would build?
1: Well, I think LinkedIn is just about there. For me, I have so many great candidates that are very busy because they have their courses. They have a number of different classes at one time with midterms and finals and papers. And then I get a great internship that comes in, and I know they would be a great fit. But the internship says you need to have a resume, a cover letter, three letters of recommendation. This is a huge barrier. It's a barrier for the employer because they are going to close the door on a lot of people that are Mm -hmm. just too busy to do that. Mm -hmm. So my dream app is that there are no more resumes and cover letters. Now, LinkedIn just did come out with a student app. Um, It's in the beta right now. Uh, brand new, literally. They just announced it because, and so they're closing down a lot of their other services for students because um, they said, What do students want? They really want to find a job. And I think w- what they're getting at um, with that app is kind of what I'm looking for, and I hope in the future that a student would simply, for, for example, have a LinkedIn profile and with one click be able to apply for a job because that would help to source talent and, and candidates better where they don't say as much as I would love to apply for this internship I have a midterm and yep. I have all these things coming up and I can't do it for two weeks and then it's too late yep so that some type of app that just makes it where it's one click to apply
0: well that's and that's interesting you, you mentioned LinkedIn because we haven't talked much about LinkedIn um, sorry there's a little rumble coming here in the studio it's all good but we are we were here at CLU today so sometimes these things happen Um <laughs> The uh, you know I was going to talk about LinkedIn just for a second because it is fascinating. I mean I know I'd go and look up people's LinkedIn profiles. One of the first things I do with every candidate beyond just their resume, and I'm surprised how many people, how many students haven't paid attention to their LinkedIn profile. Like it's almost something I would throw back and just like I wish I could tell every student like get a good LinkedIn profile. Start even if you can go out and get recommendations on it for some of your coursework you've done or other projects. Like the the people who pay attention to their LinkedIn profile while in college, it can make a big difference while they're looking for, you know, internships and jobs, I would think. So anyway, that's just be my little tidbit on LinkedIn. So really, um, Cindy, I want to just thank you again. So how can people contact you?
1: They could go to our website to get my email and and information on posting positions as well. So it's just www.callutheran.edu slash career. And Cal Lutheran, it's double L in there.
0: Very easy. And for folks looking to connect with the Dun & Bradstreet team here, you can always connect with us on social. Um, We are at D&B B2B. Uh, both the Twitter handle, that's a Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and we're always monitoring that same hashtag, B 2 b to answer questions. If you have insights on future podcasts you'd like to see topics covered or additional questions for any of the speakers or anything like that, we're, we're pretty good at funneling things around. We, we'd love to hear from you. So, And if you don't mind, please head over to iTunes and give our podcast a rating. Um, you can find all the links you need at b2b.dnb.com. Um, slash podcast. So with that said, um, Cindy, really want to thank you and the entire team here at Dun & Bradstreet. really would like to thank you for this wonderful interview and and great helpful advice about hiring an intern.
1: Thank you. And if you want to interact with us on social media, it's just CLU
0: career. Very cool. Well, thanks again. We look forward to catching up and uh, continuing to work with you guys uh, well into the future. (laughs) Thank you.